Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's other Saskatchewan football podcast <laughs> without the championships. I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual. I have no idea what a podcast championship would be, but nonetheless, uh, we have plenty to get to this week. Because, um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff coming out of the banjo bowl, quite literally. Quite, um, quite literally, literally out of all ends, all directions, yeah. there was stuff flying. If it could come out of your ears, it probably would have for the riders that day. Oh, um, God. Yeah, there's a lot of details, some of them quite gross, that we're going to get into about that game. But also, despite the fact that they lost by 34, and this might be the only time I'll ever say this after a team loses by 34, Yeah, I feel pretty good about them. <laughs> Strangely the, enough. <laughs> right. This is the kind of weird, <sighs> dumb thing that can galvanize a team. And before Winnipeg really pulled ahead, like... Yeah, and I mean... Okay, they didn't have the ball at all in the first quarter. Whatever. The second quarter, that looked like a team that could beat the Riders if they were uh, that could beat the Bombers if they were healthy and had a whole game like that. Right, and and that's that's the promising part. Like mm-hmm. like yeah, it, it was obviously going to be the second the stomach flu story broke. You knew this was going to be ugly yeah. in so many ways, and I'm not just talking about the poor people that work at IG Field that had to clean up that Riders locker room. But no, um. So yeah, we, of course, we're going to break all that down and uh, talk about how the picture is shifting pretty quickly into the CFL as it's starting to look pretty clear that the uh, the six playoff teams are going to be pretty cemented here pretty quick, I think. Yes. But before we get to all that... The, you're going to make me start here, right? Yeah, the, the fine co-host of this program. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, had a little bit of a moment on the weekend. <laughs> One that I think most listeners of this podcast and um, the other co-host of this podcast would all approve of because sports are supposed to be fun and we like to have fun and yep. nothing was actually intentionally meant by what you said over the PA system at the Saskatoon Hilltops, Hilltops Regina Thunder game. Right. So I think this might be the single dumbest thing I've ever seen anybody get pissed off for in my life. 
And yeah, I'm not a little so high biased. these days. Uh, you know what? This is so <laughs> so dumb. Like you're gonna you're gonna listen to this, and I ran into a uh, Jared, one of our listeners. I saw him at a fun little fair or school would come on, and I'm like, dude, I gotta tell you this story. I told my boss this story, and everybody's like, that is the single dumbest thing I've ever heard. So I've been doing when I when I got the gig as Hilltop's PA guy. I asked, I'm like, do you want me to call this like I'm a boring ass hockey announcer or can I have some fun? Like within reason. I'm not going to taunt kids. I'm not going to mock injuries. I'm not, but I'm going to have some fun. So the first couple games, I was doing things like very boring intros for the visiting Edmonton Huskies, the visiting Winnipeg Rifles, and, you know, getting names so comically over the top wrong that it's clear that that's what I was doing. So I kicked it up a notch this Saturday, the thunder in town to play the Hilltops. And Hey, that's a great rivalry. Like mm-hmm. this is basically like the Saturday night Hilltops thunder games are like the Labor Day classic and banjo bowl. Well, it's, it's almost well- like Alabama, Georgia. Cause you actually have, you know, competent competition for each other. Right. It, <laughs> right. That's exactly it. Like, like you have, you know, the, the, the PFC has so many ebbs and flows, but you always know that game is going to be uh, between two of the best teams out there. And Regina brings up a bunch of fans and, and lots of Saskatoon people come out in droves and it's just a great night. Like I've been part of it as a play-by-play guy, as a fan, and now as a PA guy. So there's some hate there. So I decide during player intro. So for some context, The intro for the Hilltops is led by head coach Tom Sargent. It's your 22-time Canadian Bowl champion, Saskatoon Hilltops. So Regina's ready to go, and I get the the walkie-talkie. Okay, yeah, good to go. So I say, and now please welcome the other team from Saskatchewan without all the Canadian Bowl titles, the Regina Thunder. That's all I said. And then I went on to comically mispronounce some names and do the kind of shtick I do. Well, immediately, the Hilltops, and I'm very good friends with the equipment manager slash social media guru, Heather. I'm getting, okay, what did you say this time? <laughs> kind of as a joke, right? Which is, I mean, a fair thing to ask you sometimes. That, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got some spicy takes, and uh, I'm a little outspoken from time to time, so I'm like, that's all I said. And and we all kind of having a laugh about it. Well, I've got people coming into my DMs. I've got people tweeting at the Hilltops. I've got a disgraced former CKRM employee trying to come at me. Those in glass houses, Joel. That's all I'm going to say about that one. <clears throat> so I have all these people coming at me. To the point that... Parents are flagging down members of the Hilltops board to complain about it. So, naturally, second half, backed off a little, still did the unenthusiastic shtick, you know, still, you know, obviously cheering up our team and kept to those things. So, what I find most annoying is in the fallout, as I'm leaving SMF Field, I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe... Regina has a PA guy that's just been there forever. They just do games straight up like it's the Western Hockey League. Like, maybe they weren't expecting that. Okay, maybe that's it. Oh, no, Joel Gasson. I find out they're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. 
their PA guy leads the stadium in incomplete chance when somebody misses a pass. So instead, I spend my night dealing with burner accounts and people who think that Miracle Whip is spicy all over having some fun. And it's just like, and I hate, hate to sound like certain talk show hosts right now in this province. But are we also goddamn sensitive that we can't have a laugh at that? And the funniest thing is, and I won't use the term again, because that got me in some hot water last <laughs> time. But it's not our generation. Our generation can laugh. The people that said the phones would rot our brains. So I'm glad I could get it off my chest. Mm. I'm not going to apologize. Or Had I disre disrespected someone, I would have. I mean, all you did was state fact in a comical way. And I say this as a guy in Regina. Now, granted, I don't really have any sort of natural <laughs> connections to the Thunder, so maybe I'm not the right person to be saying this, but we know some other people who are connected with the Thunder that aren't as worked up about this. And the funny thing is, is, is those people connected with the Thunder are still hearing it. Like, we're two days later. Do you really have nothing else to worry about than a PA announcer having some fun on an intro? And no, again... Had I said they suck, had I laughed at an injury, had I led a cheer for something, had I made them chant incomplete when Regina's quarterback couldn't find a receiver for three quarters? Yeah, okay, you have beef. That's fair. I crossed the line. As I said to one of the many accounts that are simply a letter followed by a large series of numbers and the old, the replacement for the egg is the profile picture. Show me something that that is not correct. I have nothing but respect for the program that the Regina Thunder have built. I do. It's great. All they this won, bullshit isn't coming. They did. They won in yeah. 2013. Yeah. Well, and I mean, they won and that game too. they're consistently good. Yeah. And they won the game. You're right. They won the game in overtime. They're a consistently good, good organization run by good people. And it's a shame that, that fans associated with it can't take a joke. And can't laugh at themselves. Because I can tell you, if next week when they're at Mosaic Stadium, somebody comes out and leads the cheer with, <laughs> and now introducing the team that lost last week. <laughs> which is probably what I would do in the, in my shoes now. Yep. Like if for some reason the Thunder hired you to do that game, that's what you would say. Something like that. that's what I would say. <clears throat> and I can guarantee you that, okay, I Free ideas I for John of Thunder, if you're listening, there's a free idea for you. <laughs> Boom, take it. And guess what? You ain't going to hear from our organization, because guess what? We all thought it was funny. I was in the booth when I dropped that line, was several members of the directors of the Hilltops and several staff members, and we all had a good chuckle. And to the Regina fans that might be listening to this that also had a good chuckle, that I'm sure would love to tell me we got the last laugh we won. Fill mm -hmm. your boots. That's awesome. Yep. Right. That's that's the end of the day what it's all about, right? Exactly. And 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 for those ones, thank you. Thanks for not being a dick. So Yeah, this this is this junior football, not junior hockey. Let's all take a step back. Well that's it, especially like... when your PA guy does the same shit that I do. Yeah. So uh anyway. Happy football weekend in Saskatchewan, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and happy, oh my god, I'm glad I have liquor in the house week yeah. to me. Well, I mean, if, if the Thunder really want to get on this, they really should, you know, use that as some kind of marketing tool for this week. Oh, really get absolutely. really get really, you know, turn you into the biggest heel this province has ever seen to get people to come out to cheer for the Thunder against the Hilltops. <laughs> I would love that. And and we all need more of that. And the funny thing is mm-hmm. is a mutual friend of both of ours yeah. is part of the Thunderboard and I hope they hear his voice and go, "Let's have some fun with this. Let's embrace it. Like let's change the Twitter profile. Like have some fun with this." But mm-hmm. That's what I would do if I were them, but Hundred percent, and I know that our guy wants to do that. Yeah, but the, the sometimes the worst takes are scream the loudest. Like Johnny Manziel was going to be the MOP and win the Grey Cup for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were going to say it or I was going to see it, but and I said that one loudly. That was that very was loudly. Razor take. Yeah. Or like the I Edmonton Elks are going to pass the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and make the playoffs. Or the Hamilton Tiger Cats are going to pass the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and make the playoffs. Should I? Should I? Should I just declare Ottawa now? Is that? Is that the? Well, they lost this past week, so they're back in the dumpster. <laughs> They had a chance. It's because I was thinking it. It's because the thought crossed my mind and the CFL's hottest team was cooled down. Absolutely. Uh, I guess it's safe to say the Riders are really only thinking about one thing this weekend. Uh, oh, boy. to the bathroom in time. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into all that mess figuratively and literally. Literally. Uh, but as usual, before we get into all that, uh, on such a great... You know, a great thing to think about before we start talking about food and beverage. Uh, <laughs> what is in the glass this week for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, John? Uh, this week, because of how angry I was, uh, <laughs> straight, straight to the vodka. Um, straight to provincial vodka, mixed up with some lemon and some lime, done up in a shaker, poured over ice. Um, I, I, I'm still trying to slide into provincial's DMs so they can become the official spirit sponsor of the podcast. Hmm. It is going nowhere. Literally nowhere. I have been left on red. So if you work for provincial, I love your stuff. Give us some free stuff and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Please. I guess I could talk to the rep at work. Really? <laughs> he comes in quite regularly. He does the deliveries for us, yeah. I mean, like, literally, I'm always <laughs> drinking it. I'm almost always drinking it when I'm on the... At end, it has my ringing endorsement several episodes ago of being almost too smooth. Yeah. No, I mean, I know, I know you're, you almost have like an issue with it because it's so smooth that it's hard to stop drinking. Uh, yeah, there's at <clears> least <throat> three shots in what I'm drinking now and I can't taste any of it. Uh, for me, I guess unintentionally because of Winnipeg's back-to-back wins, uh, I dipped into the Winnipeg sort of scene. Uh, got some Red Line IPA from Torque Ooh. Brewing out of Winnipeg. Uh, one of my favorites from out there, it's, um... Uh, Kind of along the lines of the Pile of Bones red ale. So right. it's got a little bit more of that hot bite to it, but has that nice maltiness from uh, the red as well. Always, always quite enjoyable. Very good beer. I quite enjoy it. Torque makes really great stuff if you ever happen to see it around. And, and you know what? I had never I had never really had a lot of their stuff until I tried um, Frenemies. Yeah. No, I've, I've had the red line before. Uh, we got the Belgian Wit in as well recently. I've had some other stuff from them, too. They're blonde. It's straightforward. It's pretty good. Um, and, yeah, when I've been in Winnipeg various times for, like, CFL Week and different things, I've tried some different stuff from them there, too. Uh, very, very, very solid brewery in Winnipeg, for sure. 
well, I'm gonna have to give it a try. Uh, it's <laughs> nice to see. Nice to see we're starting to see some starting to get some uh, some good some good stuff out of Winnipeg here as uh, the years go on. Yeah, Manitoba's a weird place for liquor. It's harder to get their stuff from outside of the province. I don't know. There's just a lot of weird different rules that go on there compared to uh, Saskatchewan and Alberta for some reason. But hey, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was what it was for the riders on the weekend. <laughs> oh, um, as obviously by now, y'all know the story. Um, they got hit with something, and uh, their tummies did not feel good, and a couple tums were not going to fix this issue, nor was Pepto-Bismol. As it was um, a few hours before the game, play-by-play voice yeah. Michael Ball uh, with the report that a number of the players had come down with some kind of stomach flu. And... You know, numbers weren't known at the time exactly how many of that kind of thing. Uh, since then, the image has become a little more clear. Uh, yes. Over 20 players total, 10 to 15, <laughs> really bad. And the descriptions after the game, because, uh, I mean, Craig Dickinson and Cody Fajardo were pretty upfront about how bad the scene was in the locker room. Um, and as a guy who I, you know, firmly believe that post game, the locker rooms should probably be reopened at some point here for media to talk to players. Yeah. Um, I imagine Marie McCormick and any other media that were trying to get that would have normally tried to get into the Ryder locker room that night were probably pretty happy that the media that the locker room was close to the media. <laughs> it's uh. it is it is apparently and this this comes from multiple sources that were in that room. It might have been one of the worst scenes you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. There was only a couple of toilets and whatever hit the riders hit the team so hard that like garbage cans were starting to be used. And I've heard anywhere from 10 to 20 guys needing IV fluids. Like it's this been pretty, sound... it's been confirmed that the entire offensive line needed IVs just like, to play. That's, that's just remarkable. The, the fact that they were able to go out and play, mm-hmm speaks to some true like fortitude like yeah and like I, there was there was a weird comment to the three down nation twitter account and i believe jc as well after he posted the story of craig dickinson and cody fajardo's comments after the game on sunday um yeah for some reason they had commented about how you know the years of the lost cause the room has given up on craig dickinson he should be fired and i think the fact that everything we've learned about this after the fact shows that this room is far from giving up given what they went through to play that game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's even a conversation that based on the discipline issues that I know we've had mm-hmm. right here on this very podcast about has, has Craig lost the room, lost these things, but this really strikes me. And this is again, speaking to our sources inside that room. Mm-hmm as something that's going to galvanize this team. Like we've, we've made the jokes about the eight and eight great cup or the nine and what, nine, what, nine, and nine great cup champions, Saskatchewan rough riders. Like we've kind of said that, Oh yeah, they're going to go through the East. And it just seemed like something was missing. And the way that this was talked about post game and the day after this really seems like one of those really dumb things that brings a team together and galvanizes them. Mm-hmm. And 
like, how could you not? Like, if you literally watched one of your teammates poop themselves while vomiting in a garbage can, yeah, how could you not feel, like, super close to that guy? Right? Mm-hmm. The room has been brought together by just <laughs> the nightmare yeah. of all nightmares that we all dread. As they were all professor from Captain Underpants series of books. Professor P.P. Diarienstein poopy pants. Yeah, it was like basically that scene from Family Guy where I think Lois comes home. And like right, literally and they... the entire family is puking on the floor. That's Yes. That's basically what the Ryder locker room was like. And add poop. Add lots of poop to that. So now it comes down to, and you don't want to point any fingers at what could have happened or who could have been patient zero, but Joel, I think there's Mm. only one reasonable explanation as to what could have caused this kind of devastation in professional athletes. Oh, there's there's no question about it. It's the lettuce. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Lettuce update. I think, okay, let's piece this together. This happened, from all accounts, when you just look at the time frame, it looks like this must have happened before they left Regina. Yeah, I I, I think they've all sort of said the belief was it happened sort of at a team gathering before they left, like like either the day before or like when they left for Winnipeg, yeah. Right. So, what kind of... Nutritious sounding fast food would you take on a bus before a long road trip down the highway? You know, you want some carbs, Mm -hmm. you want some protein, Mm -hmm. you want a healthy amount of sodium and fiber. Now, I think it all comes down to one thing. They got the lettuce. They got Subway. They got the lettuce. And I I believe we've, We've connected these dots before. There was when there was the the timeout just before half. Was that when someone was late because they were in the bathroom? Yes. Yes, and we were like, "There is a subway on the real campus." There is. There is. So, so now, this also intrigued me because I, I, Cody Fajardo. I don't know why. Now he to explain fine. why he he seemed fine. To me, he seems like a meatball sub kind of guy. Like does he? Because because you never get lettuce on a meatball sub. That is just the textures I mean, are just unless you're insane, yeah. Right, the textures are completely wrong. You generally you get your meatball, you get your cheese, maybe some spicy peppers. Away you go, right? And I mean, a meatball corn. is kind of corn doggish, right? Like, in exactly a, in, a, in a stretch kind of way, but it's sort of a you know textured exterior inside of a soft meat. So yeah, right. And the offensive line, which were among the illest. Mm-hmm are probably the kind of guys that go, yeah, just load it up. I'm going to eat three of these. So I feel like they wouldn't really care as much as to what toppings were on their sub, so they wouldn't have avoided the notorious dodgy-looking lettuce. No, and it's the pure volume that they ate. Meaning to... why they were the sickest. Mm-hmm. So you put it all together, and there's only one culprit for this rider's loss. Subway lettuce. Don't get the lettuce. Never get the lettuce. Never, ever, ever. Nothing ever, nothing good has ever come from the lettuce. No. Makes me wonder, like, because like, so then, I mean, did Keon Schaefer-Baker just get a salad then? Because he was allegedly one of the other guys that got it really bad because he was dressed but never played. 
Right, right, right. But you had to put him into the lineup because yeah. he was, yeah, yeah. That seems like Schaefer Baker seems like a salad guy. Mm-hmm. And although you don't make friends with salad, being an elite level wide receiver, he'd probably be like a chicken protein, like salad kind of guy. And I mean, the bowl of salad is less mess eating on a bus than a sub. Mm. Right. Also a veteran maneuver. And <clears throat> Schaefer Baker, you know, he's a, what is he, a Western grad? Yeah. Yeah, he's he went to some school that smart people's go to. He didn't go to Confederation <laughs> College. I tell you what, he went to one of those learned people schools to play football. So smart man probably knew bowl was best, except when it's not. Mm-hmm. So we have all determined that this is it. It was the Subway lettuce, and as long as they stay away from that, they might be the most chaotic Grey Cup champion of all time. Because I, I, I. Uh, <laughs> I think I honestly think they're going to do it, Joel. There is more reason to believe it this week than I thought maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe even last week. <clears throat> Just because we set it off the top. Yeah, they lost by 34. And usually when a team loses by 34, you're like, oof, that was rough. They must really suck. Yes. But for some reason... I feel very optimistic about this team after a 34-point loss. You may ask, well, Joel, why do you feel optimistic about this team after a 34-point loss? (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, because of a 15-minute stretch in the second quarter. Like, okay, yes, the defense was thoroughly beat up and down the field by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers all day. But as contributor uh, and, you know, co-boss John Hodge, who was at the game, suggested in the group chat after the game, there wasn't necessarily any big breakdowns. There wasn't necessarily anything horribly off about the Ryder defense. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers were just that on. And they and, and played you like call, the app. You called it. They got death. You Star. called it for a guy that's never seen Star Wars in your life. Well, I, I just know that college football people, you know, talk about Alabama and now Georgia and Ohio State as they have like these Death Star games or seasons where they're just <laughs> going to fucking steamroll everybody. And that's that's what Winnipeg did in that game. They, they showed up, and the Alabama's like this. They showed up, they decided they were the best team in the league, and they were just going to roll. And that's what they did. <laughs> and a full, healthy, good rider team maybe hangs with that, but they probably still lose. Because there was just no stopping the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that game. And I think in the second half, it kind of got away from them a little bit because the riders just kind of converted to survival mode at that point. Yes. As a lot of teams just getting their ass beat do. Right, never mind teams getting their asses beat. Teams yeah. getting their asses beat while they have food poisoning or stomach flu yeah. or something, like, right? Like, yeah, all season. And here's why I'm weirdly optimistic after this. Okay. The second quarter, mostly. That was like the most complete quarter of the game for the Riders. Metaphorically speaking, we're used to them shitting the bed on offense. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, when they were physically shitting the bed, they may have played one of their best games on offense this year. Absolutely. And Hodge and attendance mean, said the same thing. Like, they looked in rhythm. They had things going. Cody Fajardo looked even better than he did the week before. He's continued yes. to look like himself since his benching. He's running better. He's moving better. His throws were pretty good in that game. Like, everything in that quarter suggested to me that this offense is trending in the right direction. And if the off and we know that okay, yeah, the defense got beat, that happens, you tip your cap and move on. I don't expect it to happen again to that degree, probably ever again, because that was a ridiculous kind of thing to give up points in every drive but one. Right. 
so that's never going to happen again. I don't care. That's it's an aberration that won't happen again. Well, well, and I think an aberration partially fueled by the fact that, okay, so from what we've heard out of what, 46 men, 25 were ill, like violently ill. We know your six offensive linemen were among the worst, and it's C- and Keon Schaefer Baker, so that's seven. If you just do the math, and based on like what we saw, like I don't think Frankie Hickson was sick. We know Cody no. wasn't. Um, based on some of the performances we saw, like like I would say, like Linnaeus might have might have been ill. Just he didn't look like himself. Moore looked healthy. I think it's fair to say some of them had to be on defense statistically, right? Right, exactly. I mean, you you take literally half your roster. I would even, just by running through it, I'd even dare say that a majority, minus the O-line and Schaefer-Baker, were probably on defense because they, you said it, there was no major breakdowns, but no. they just weren't They were just themselves. that little, they just couldn't quite keep up with the Bombers in that game. Right, exactly. And, and, and this is the same defense that held that team pointless in the second half and has just been an absolute wagon all season. Mm-hmm. And I think... So yeah, I mean, so at, at some point this year, they were going to have a game where the defense did not play well. You right. were, they, you know, And they deserve the benefit of the doubt that they're going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. But I, but the offense, like I just sit back there and look, and we've been very critical, very yes. on this offense all season. And I think for very good reason. Yes. But in that game, I saw a unit that showed some promise. Now, I'm not saying that that necessarily means that they're going to be, you know, light the world on fire the rest of the year or anything like that. But if that is a sign of what's to come, if there's, if they're kind of figuring out scheme-wise how to keep Cody from getting sacked 10 times a game. Right. And if Cody's able to move around a bit, and if his throw-in's getting back under him, that's a unit that can suddenly do something. And... I'm. That is suddenly, if that offense can suddenly do something, maybe not necessarily single-handedly win them a bunch of football games, but play complementary football and allow them to compete and be in in every single game, there's nothing that suggests to me this team can't make some noise in November. And the receiving core is suddenly catching up to the quality that they have at running back. Yeah. Between Morrow and Hickson, I think it's undisputed. You, you They have the best one. The they best might have the best one-two running combo in the league, yeah. Yes, that has just been chronically underutilized. Um, But now that Kyron Moore's back, and you can just tell that that Cody has more faith in Kyron Moore and Shaq Evans than he does in Duke Williams. I think so, yeah. Like, it's just... I don't don't, don't think it's a complete coincidence that they've gotten a little better without Duke in the lineup. Yes, yeah. I know Cody had some... Cody and Duke had some some good deep throws and, and some good chemistry late last season, but... It's just the trust he has in, mm-hmm. in Moore and Evans is just you need that as a quarterback. And again, I am in no way speaking from personal experience, but you watch football. Quarterbacks have guys yeah. and they have guys they can count on and they always will. And it's like Cody's got his guys back. And I also think that he just feels better. Oh, no doubt. No like, doubt. that knee, that, that like, he, the, I mean, 33 rushing yards for Cody on seven attempts. And and this is a t- and this is a Cody that knew the rider, that knew the Bombers were coming every down. Mm-hmm. Because that offensive line was beat up. Like, you know, you know it's bad when the head coach tells TSN before the game. Oh, yeah. If our offensive line is worse than usual, we're pulling Cody Fajardo. 
Yes. yes. But they, like, yeah, they, they had did. essentially, you know, they saw the writing on the wall in this game and said, okay, we understandably, if you guys can't hold up to any degree, we're not subjecting Cody to this. Which yeah, actually, exactly. and I will give Craig a ton of credit even for thinking it, let alone saying it. Because a lot of coaches Absolutely. wouldn't have. A lot of coaches would have tried to gut it out and said, we got to win this game and you're just going to have to get killed back there. But right. Craig, had, Craig had the wherewithal to read the room and say, okay, if this is going sideways in a hurry because the offensive line can't hold it all right now, sorry, Jake, you're taking a beating today. <laughs> y- yeah, <laughs> imagine that. So you're Jake Dolagala. You fly you're in probably... that morning. You probably didn't practice all week. And no, now you're just you going to come in and get... You know what? You, pro- you probably spent your Friday on a golf course or something with some buddies, like having yeah. a good time, kicking back, relaxing. And then first thing in the morning, you get a call from the team president. Meet me at the stadium now. We're going in my truck. Well, he, he actually, he was the one that got on a plane. They oh, actually, he, oh, right. Because, they, they, needed, because they needed the backup quarterback, they got him on a plane. And I mean, it's not easy to fly from Regina to Winnipeg, especially last minute. So be it. Right. So, yeah. So that... I honestly give Craig a lot of credit. I don't know if he necessarily had to say it out loud, but but I'm glad he had the thought at least because I think a lot of coaches wouldn't have in that spot. They right. would have, you know, because they can't, I think a lot of coaches sometimes can't see through the big picture of an entire season versus one game. But yeah. Craig saw the big picture in here and said, I can't let Cody take 12 sacks today and potentially end our season right now if he gets hurt. Well, and especially too, because with, with the big picture, mm-hmm. And you mentioned it off the top. It's becoming evidently clear that that as I continue to phrase or curse all these teams, <laughs> um, that that the riders pending some lunacy of a collapse mm. and Hamilton or Ottawa suddenly becoming the second coming of the Blue Bombers, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah, like, I, I think the number's not a hundred percent right now, but it's it's pretty dang high that they are going to at least get the Eastern crossover. Right, and and depending what happens with BC, BC is is plummeting um, yeah. without Nathan Rourke. Like they're just falling right off the map, and it'll be interesting to see with with Vernon Adams now starting this week. But yeah, you still have a BC team that is falling like a rock. But I think of the classic Sim- Simpsons line uh, where they're on a Japanese game show, and the entire crowd is yelling "plummet, plummet, plummet." Uh, that's what I think has happened to the BC Lions. So it's it... who for some reason are still fourth in the cfl.ca power rankings but anyway <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. oh that's that's well they were sixth we'll on three that. down just for the record yes yes because <laughs> we actually watched the games yeah did i say that out loud well i mean we'll be at least tweet through the second half of games <laughs> oh it's such a spicy dig that so many people won't get but i enjoy it so um yeah, it, it, this is, and I'm glad that Craig saw, like, I think maybe he takes a different approach if it's like, you got to win to stay alive. Yeah, I mean, it's different if and it's, I'm sure if it's week 20 does... and they absolutely need to win to stay alive. Sure, that's different. But Right, and I'm sure that locker room does too, right? I, I, but I just, you're right. It's not often you're sitting here after a 34-point loss going, I think that's good for them. But. <laughs> yeah. I. I, I like it was dumb. Like what the reason they lost was dumb and losing in this fashion might have been better than another close loss, you know, back to back. It's just it is a damn shame that that it happened. Like I I feel like had that not happened, we might have seen a classic football game. 
Oh, 100%. Like, the way that they played Winnipeg in the Labor Day Classic. Like, great. Like, the offenses, the offense looked great. And then those defenses going back and forth. I always feel like we were robbed of a classic football game. Now, mm. as a Bomber fan who won at least two bottles of liquor based on this, I'm not going to lie. I'm always happy to see W's in the win column. But I'm more happy that everybody got out of there. Nobody got severely hurt despite the circumstances and the way a body reacts when everything's coming out all at once. But and and yeah, like you said, kudos to Craig for seeing the big picture, seeing that they didn't need to gut out a win in a hostile environment while their own bodies were failing on them. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't see like this kind of have, has vibes and, and from people we've spoken to in the organization that maybe you're going to see a little bounce of their step. You're probably going to have some laughs at practice this week. You're going to see a relaxed, confident team that's been able to you know, hang with the Death Star at, mm. at, at times throughout this season, right? And yep. they're going to do it, going into a stretch where you win on Friday night. Edmonton has officially been Fraser cursed, and then they can trade Sergio back to Winnipeg, <laughs> and then all will be right in the world again, right? So, yeah, you can officially eliminate Edmonton on Friday night. You get a bye week. And then you just got to hope for the implosion, the continued implosion of both Ottawa and Hamilton. So it, it, it was chaos. It was dumb. It's not something I can ever remember seeing in pro sports in my entire life. Not to that degree. Like we've heard of, you know, players here or there, but not like, right. not an entire team essentially wiped out by something like that. No. Right. And, and, and on such like on zero notice too. like it was just... Actually. I forget the year, but I remember there was the infamous Ottawa Senators Toronto Maple Leafs flu game many a year oh. ago. The Sens were just completely devastated by the flu. Right, like they only had a handful of players for this game. I they I think they and they hung in for a while. Like it would that that game was a thing. I remember that one. Right, they, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they only had like nine forwards and like five D and managed to keep it close with the Leafs. Like, but even like. <laughs> And, and I say this as somebody who's curled most of my life. Um, <laughs> sometimes you're better when you're a little hungover. One of the best games I've ever played was in the Saskatoon men's bond spiel to get us into the Pizza Hut E-Event final and win some free pizza. <laughs> was after, like, you remember that game and how, yeah. like, I was, uh, we were both hung tits. Like, we were just hung. Yep. And I curled lights out. So, you know, sometimes you play your best when you're, <laughs> not feeling so hot yeah well and i think for me too <clears throat> the other thing that sort of gives me optimism from that game a little bit was i think we saw craig dickinson and jason maz bounce back from you know sort of a, a poor performance in the liberty classic yeah. from them yeah and i was especially very impressed by you know sort of the decisions by craig dickinson obviously besides the cody thing I mean, he went for it on third down three times in the second quarter. Two of them yeah. they got. One of them they should have got, but they overthunk it a little bit. But regardless, and the execution wasn't quite there, but the process behind everything, which is I talk about a lot, was there. The decision-making was solid. The right decisions were made in basically every scenario he went. Um, I know there was a punt out of their own end zone late in the third quarter, I believe, where some people were questioning why they didn't take the knee. Number one, Craig Dickinson never takes the knee. And number two, love. Um, when your team is scoring at will, you and the, t- and the team you're playing is scoring at will, you do not give them two points. 
No, no. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was a 95% chance the Bombers were score, going, coming back to score anyway. So you're not making that a five or nine point decision. Sorry. And, so he was and, actually 100% right to punt. And I can't tell you where I heard this, and I can't even tell you what I heard. Mm-hmm. But I heard something this week through the grapevine that I don't hate the decision to pass as much as I used to. I, I, I mean, can't it depends tell you... on the pass itself, but yeah. Right, but I, I can't tell you from who. I can't tell you why. I can just tell you that there was some logic there that makes me step step back a little from what I said. Just a bit. On that, when they should have run the ball. So, I feel like I'd be breaking some sources, breaking some trust if I explained. But I just, conversations I've had this week, I took a step back. Yeah. I, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you off air. Okay. I, I don't know if I can be convinced on that one on that. I, you're talking about last week, right? Like the, the I am talking about last week. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I can handle a pass in certain scenarios, but not the pass that was actually thrown. <clears throat> something else something else was called the the wrong read was made say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply